Welcome to Thinking Into Success. I'm Dr. J.A. Jones, your spiritual coach, encourager, and friend. I'm here to help you find spiritual solutions to real problems. Each week, we deliver solutions to issues you're facing in life or someone you care about. Let's get started. Welcome again to Thinking Into Success. I'm excited to have a special guest with me concerning the topic of mental health. She's going to say some things. She has been invited by me to be on the podcast today. And I know she's going to give you some information and some insight concerning mental health and how important it is in our society to be knowledgeable of it. Her name is Shante Arrington, and I'm glad to have her with me today. So, Shante, say hello and anything you want to say. Hello, everyone. I'm Shante Arrington. Um, I'm really excited to be here today. So thank you, Dr. Jones, for inviting me. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. Glad that you accepted my invitation. So let's get right to it. The topic today is mental health, the effects of fear spiritually and naturally. Shante. I think you have told me you are an advocate of mental health because you have been affected by it yourself. Yes, I have. So just before we get into the specifics again, give me some background on what do you mean by you're an advocate as well as how have you generally or maybe specifically been affected? Well, it's no secret that throughout the African-American community, you know, mental health is something that's not really talked about. Um, treatment, counseling, uh, any help for mental health isn't something that's highly encouraged, at least more so today, but not so much 30 plus years ago. Mm-hmm. And I have seen not only in my life, but in my loved one's life, uh, the effects of not having those resources, the effects of not seeking counseling. Um, a lot of times we, we're so conditioned to write things off as, oh, I'm just stressed. Oh, I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. And you just very well may be stressed and tired, but nine times out of ten, there's an underlying issue that needs to be resolved. That's right. And, and, and it, it requires you mm-hmm. seeking the help of some mental health professionals. Yes. Yes. Well, great. Great. Now, as we go forward, what do you do, Shantae? I mean, what do you do for a living? What have you done? Anything you want to share based on just career-wise or in general? Well, yes, I am a, a member of the United States Army Reserve. I am, I'm an intel analyst by trade, so I've been doing all-source intelligence analysis um, for the past 19, oh, 19 and a half years. Okay, okay. Time flies. <laughs> and, yes, huh? it does. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And um, I love it. I love being an analyst because I love uh, researching. I love briefing, um, which really means I love to talk. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> but I, I like learning and I like teaching other people what I learned. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and when I first started taking college courses during my time in the military, I started out doing psychology because, and I'll be honest, at first I just wanted to figure my own stuff out. Right. I wanted to take psychology so I could figure out, you know, kind of like, well, what's wrong with me? That, you know, the question we always ask ourselves, right. like, what's going on with me? Right. And I got I got into it. I had some great professors uh, early on. And I, I mean, I, I literally just got hooked on it. And I wanted to find more out about it. Well, over the next few years, I changed my major a few times. <laughs> right. And um, 
I ended up settling on business administration, but I've always had like this uh, tender psychological underbelly where I just I, I still want to learn. I want to know why we do the things we do, why we think the way we think, how that affects the decisions we make. Right. Um, so later on in my military career, I was um, I was I was living in Miami and I was just like things just weren't going right. You know, when your life gets out of whack, I couldn't mm-hmm. I was always late. They uh, I couldn't keep my schedule together. My sleep was all out of whack. Mm-hmm. And again, here I was. Oh, I'm tired. I'm just stressed. I need to do this. I need a better planner. Um, I need a new alarm clock. Right. <laughs> and um, and all those things were true, but it wasn't getting to the root of the problem. It took me mm-hmm. another two and a half years to say, okay, I need to go. This is not normal. Right. I need to get some help. So when I finally decided to go in and I went in just like that, I was like, look, I don't know what's going on, but something is not right. This is not like me. Fix me. <laughs> yes. And um, yes. so, and I did. And I started, I had been um, receiving counseling for over 10 years now. Okay. And let me tell you, it's the best decision I ever made. The absolute best. Why is that? Why is counseling? Well, first of all, it, what I thought was going on, because I had just moved and I right. was, um, I was trying to find a place to live, but I was still trying to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you get to when you get to a new position, you got to kind of prove yourself. So I was trying to work extra hard. But at the same time, I was like, I need to find a place to live. I need to find a school for my daughter. And I was um, like, for example, I would driving. I would be driving at lunch one day and I would forget where I was going or I would be going to them. I would get to the mall and couldn't remember the trip there. It was right. almost like I was on autopilot. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was, and uh, that was, and that began to scare me because I'm like, I am driving on the road mm-hmm. and this is. On autopilot, this is not healthy. And so basically, I went in there just to, for them to help me get settled. Mm-hmm. And I ended up discovering, like, I just had some stuff, like we all got stuff, yes. that I needed to, to deal with. Right. Um, past traumas, past experiences, past disappointments, all that stuff. It, 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 it weighs on us. Um, there's a book out, and I, I wanted it. It's on my wish list, but it's, it mm-hmm. talks about trauma. Mm-hmm. It talks about how the body remembers. So even like if we experience something, it could be something that lasted 15 seconds when we were walking home from school when we were 12 years old. Right. Your body remembers that. Your mind mm-hmm. remembers that. And mm-hmm. it affects you in certain ways. Mm-hmm. So I, I just believe that everyone has stuff. I just call it stuff. Right. That, okay. <laughs> that's underlying all uh-huh. of our what we perceive as our issues. Mm-hmm. So if you're experience like financial troubles or troubles with your relationship trouble at school it's always something it's always other layers to that and i encourage everyone to just kind of dig deeper mm-hmm. dig deeper to find out what those are so you can have a so you can enjoy life so you can have a life right and that's important i'm glad you shared with me your experiences and some of the things that you have done without a doubt so by you being here today and i know you're going to add value to whoever will be listening to this podcast as it relates to the effects of fear spiritually and naturally and how it impacts mental health. A big issue in our society. Big, big, big. So as we go forward, give me your thoughts just on fear in general and how you think that fear plays a role in mental health. Well, first of all, I think as far as fear goes, I think when we hear it, we automatically think of um, 
the boogeyman or something physically that we're afraid of. And that, and that is, you know, we're, we're going to touch on that. Okay. Uh, like, I'm afraid of spiders. Okay. Uh, when I, you know, 10 years ago, if you said, what are you afraid of? I would have said spiders and left it at that. But now I have a deeper understanding of fear. So I pro if you ask me what I'm afraid of out on the street, I might talk your head off. Right. Okay. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Because the, Cause you're, you're going to say so, a lot, I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. fear is just, it's not just spiders and I'm afraid of dogs. Okay. It's so many different levels to it. And sometimes it's fear and we don't recognize it. We recognize it as something else. But when you, mm -hmm. like I said, when you peel back those layers, it's really because of, of fear. Mm. Um, I think there's different types of fear. I think there's healthy fears and I think there's unhealthy fears. Yes. Um, and we, I think everyone has them in their life and we just have to recognize which one is which at right. that time and how it's affecting us and how we respond to it. Mm-hmm. I have some things I, in my notes I wanted to say before we go forward in relation to fear. I got this from the University of Minnesota. It's a study from this particular university and it says the impacts of fear and anxiety. Fear is a human emotion that is triggered by a perceived threat. It is a basic survival mechanism that signals our bodies to respond to danger with a fight or flight response. As such, it is an essential part of keeping us safe. However, when people live in constant fear, whether from physical dangers in their environment or threats they perceive, they can become incapacitated. Fear is real. Yes, it is. Is it real? Very. Oh, real. Okay. All right. I, you know, people, I believe, feel fear. And sometimes we fight the feeling of fear. No one wants to be afraid. No one wants to feel that negative emotion or that emotion that caused you to be stopped in your tracks or paralyzed instead of going forward. Whatever. We may be seeing something from a tangible standpoint. Or we may be feeling something based on what somebody said to us. We're afraid based on their threat or their words. So fear, like I say, has different levels and it comes from different angles in life. Now, as it comes to mental health, as we look at fear, it's spiritually and naturally because that's what today is all about. Mental health. How can or what are your thoughts on how can fear impact how we think or our mental health, how we process the moment. Well, like I said earlier, there's some healthy and unhealthy. And you mentioned it being paralyzed and right. being safe. And I think a lot of times, sometimes when people think I'm just being safe, they're really allowing their fears to paralyze them. Mm -hmm. And you, you really got to figure out which one it is for you at what time, because it's never the same for any two people. So it's like, okay, so you have this, this thing. Mm-hmm. And you're afraid of it. I'm not talking about physical fears now. Um, right. um, I'm talking about like, let's say you have a, a pending move. You have an option to move somewhere to take a job. Correct. Or uh -huh. a position. And you think, okay, you start weighing the pros and the cons. And, and all of your reasons might be justifiable. But then it's like, okay, you decide not to move. You make sure mm -hmm. that it's because it really is not the best option for you and your family. And you're just not being afraid of taking that next step. Right. Because you're just afraid of what you don't know. So Correct. it's and it's a thin line between being safe and being paralyzed. Okay. So and I think you have to you have to really know what what your long term goals are, because if you don't, you'll think you're being safe, and what you're really doing is you're you're, you're stagnant and you're you're pretty much just 
killing your dreams and your goals. Sure. And you won't realize it until five or seven years Is it years because later. of fear? We're exactly. killing our dreams and goals? Yes, we fear? are. We're afraid? Yes, we are. We're so afraid. Okay. And um, one thing I've always thought about is, as far as, and this is for myself, so let's say, so you go to school. Okay. You go to school four plus years, you know, bachelor's, master's, doctor. You did the work. Right. You learned, you learned the skills. Right. When it comes time to apply for the position, we're afraid because we don't have mm-hmm. confidence in the abilities and the skills that we work so hard to attain. Now, you may not retain every single thing you learned during school, right? but you got to believe that something stuck. You did the work. It's right. Like, yes. It's funny. It's like you look back, you did all that work, all those late nights, and yet you, you, get, to, you get to the edge. You're ready to go out there into the workforce, and you're like, I, right. can't, I can't do it. Right. Well, who told you you can't do it? Mm-hmm. And you won't know if you can do it until you get out there. That's true. So you're not being safe at that point. You're paralyzing yourself. Right. That's important. Now, you brought me back a minute, back to childhood experiences, because I think that's where it stems from. Or yes. One of the ways that it stems from, uh, I think I mentioned to you or another group in relation to adverse childhood experiences. As people deal with or they do not deal with what happened at childhood and when they become an adult, like I say, they get a degree, they have a level of success in one area, but to go to the next level, applying for a job, trying to get a promotion by doing extra work or saying yes to the next level because you did so well at this level. What I have learned over the years that people are afraid of success. They're afraid to do better. And who does not want to do better? Everybody exactly. wants to do better, yes. but they're afraid of the success. They have worked hard in one area, but somehow success calls them to back up and say, no, I'm not going to apply for that. I'm not going to make that move. No, I am not going to try out for the team. I'm not going to go over there and say something because what I may say, it may help somebody, but I don't know what the outcome could be. So right. give me your thoughts on fear as it relates to mental health and helping us to understand why are people, or do you think people are afraid of success? Yes, Pastor, I do. I do think people are afraid of success for a number of reasons. Okay. One is, um, and not, not, not to say that humans are lazy, we're not lazy. Right. But when sometimes when you, the fear of succeeding, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm really going to have to like do this thing. Yes. I'm really going to have to work. And people are going to notice it. And so I can't mess up. And that's a lot of pressure. And right. I'm not ready for that. Right. And I also think since we're talking about childhood experience, I think just like we were talking about how sometimes things happen, we don't, they don't affect us till later. I think yes. at some point, mm-hmm. somebody somewhere said or made you believe that you weren't good enough or you couldn't do X, Y, Z. Or being smart or being successful was a bad thing because somebody else wasn't. And you can be going smoothly 10, 15 years into your career. And then that little that little word somebody planted when you were 12 right. hits you. And you're like, oh, well, maybe I should dial back a little bit mm-hmm. um, because I'm, I'm succeeding and, 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 and this person isn't. And that's not and maybe I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Right. So let me those things start to surface and manifest in our lives. And then we start to shrink, even though we know. I've done the work. I have the skills. Yes. I know what I'm doing. Yes. And and then all of a sudden we're like, okay, well, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. We, we start to second guess ourselves. 
And then you add on the pressure of being expected to perform. Like if you if you get a raise right. at your cur- at whatever company that you work for, you're like, oh, wow, now I'm really going to have to earn. I'm really going to have to step it up. But but you know you can step it up. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have trusted you with the promotion. But it's something somewhere underneath all those layers, something is, is starting to surface, and that's when you really start to kind of have to think, okay, now what is where is that coming from? Mm-hmm. I got to, you know, for yourself, mm-hmm. you have to figure out, okay, where did that come from? Because I've been going 15 years strong, and right. now I'm afraid. Right. So this is what I've been working for, and now it's in my face. Why am I not going forward? Correct. That is so true. So true. You brought me back to my childhood. I used to be a worry-holic. That's what I term it. <laughs> I came up with that myself. I don't know if that's in the dictionary, but... Um, we're going to add it. We're going to add it. Let's add it. Definitely. <laughs> without a Because I worried a lot as a young teenager in my early 20s. And one day... I really woke up from it and realized where it came from based on what we're talking about. It came from my childhood uh, experience as a child in my parents' home. My mother worried a lot. And because she worried and I saw her worry, it's like an attitude that got in me, Mm -hmm. but it did not manifest until I was an adult. And it just showed up. And one day I said, God, I need to get rid of this. Help me to be delivered from this. So I read the scriptures and as in Matthew, it says, you should not worry. Why worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to put on, all of those things, because God has it all under control. But it took more than just reading one scripture. It took a passionate desire subconsciously to make that change, and I made that change. So I'm not a worry-holic any, any longer. I worried about providing for my family. I worried about, you know, what how am I going to buy a new car? I just worried how it's going to happen or worried about what could happen the next day, even though it didn't happen. You know, a lot of things we worry about may not even happen. A lot of things we think going to happen, if, wait, let me think about it. Hold on, let me worry and just to worry, let me say, <laughs> if this don't happen, what am I going to do? Exactly. If that's not going to happen, what am I going to do? If I don't get that promotion, if I don't get the job I want to, or if I don't get that, you know, relationship, or if I get rejected, that's what you call if. I don't know what the definition of if, meaning it hadn't happened yet. So I was thinking more on what would happen, but it never happened. Exactly. That was my experience from a child. I got many of them like yes, you. Yes. <laughs> so that's one of them is like, my goodness. So I'm not a man that worries. I'm a man of faith and a man of understanding now based on scripture. So that's important. So as we go forward, let's talk about how fear can impact us. What are the natural effects of fear that could impact our mental state? Well, like, and I'm not a scientist, Okay. but you know, when we're afraid, our body is a machine. Our body responds to certain things. So yes. when we're afraid of something, our body is like, okay, we need to, we need to either get out of here or we need to deal with this. You know, like for me, spiders, I see a spider, spiders, spiders. I do is that not arachnophobia? like arachnophobia. Yes, I don't know. Arachnophobia, I, I believe. I'm a proud member of the arachnophobia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But when I see a spider, okay, it's funny because I, I have a daughter. So right. before... Her, I would take off. I wasn't killing this somebody else. Somebody else's job. I'm getting out of here. 
But now I'm, I have to kill it because I have to protect her. <laughs> oh my goodness. So her, she's, I have to confront my fear of spiders because of her. But your body is saying, hey, you need to kill the spider or get out of here. Yes. So our body produces certain chemicals and hormones to enable us to either get out or have enough courage to kill the spider. Well, here's the thing. So when you're always at a, a level of fear. Right. Your body is constantly at that, uh, with that high adrenaline level. And that's not healthy. We're not, our bodies aren't supposed to, it's only supposed to spike to do what needs to be done, kill the spider or get out, mm-hmm. and then go back to normal, go back to whatever our baseline is. So when you are always in fear, your body is at a high level of stress. I think it's cortisol. The, yes. The, the mm-hmm. hormone that is released. Which, which mm-hmm. is a good thing, but not, not at long periods of time mm-hmm. and high, high amounts. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're pretty much just, running your body down when you when you when you're always afraid mm-hmm. when you're always worrying about something it's like um i'm trying to think about like a piece of equipment letting a piece of equipment run longer than it should be right so right yeah. it'll it'll being afraid to stress it, it can really make you sick it can really wear on your body wow it's so true so true in turn mentally you are impacted without a doubt because you can't think correctly you can't think healthy you're you're always feeling things like we're saying you're feeling this fear so you're feeling the effects of fear and one of the things that you have mentioned several things but physical health i think is important to everybody right if you don't have physical health how are you going to be able to accomplish any goal in life relational uh career-wise or financially so you got to have your physical health intact yes and if people are constantly under the fear attitude, it could cause serious health consequences. Yes, it can. It can. Fear weakens our immune system and can cause cardiovascular damage. I mean, that's something I don't want. No. I, t- <laughs> I tell people all the time, you have one body. Right. You don't get to trade. It. Now, you can go and get upgrades you know plastic surgery but you can't trade it in this is the only body right. you got it's just the same plastic body. surgery is good though yeah, right yeah no. but you can't well you i guess you can get a new heart but you don't want to go through all that no okay gotcha. um you this is the body you have now is the one you're going to have for the next 50 60 70 80 years yes so take care of it mm, mm, mm. i agree and another thing they say constant fear impacts is memory fear can impair Formation of long-term memories and cause damage to certain parts of the brain, such as the hippocampus. I think I said it correctly. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think? Do you think fear impacts memory? I think it does. And uh, like I said, remember we were talking about how um, it may it's one. You think it's one thing, and it, once you start peeling back these layers, so right. Um, right. you think like, oh my goodness, I've been losing my keys a lot more than usual. Okay, I've been misplacing stuff. Okay. A lot more than usual. You might want to start, you know, sit down and kind of really think about what's causing you to lose your keys and your purse and, and all these things, especially if you're not a very forgetful person. Mm-hmm. I think people rush too much, too, and they're afraid of missing something or not accomplishing something as well. As you know, we live in a society, I call it the hustle and the bustle. Mm-hmm. So people get disoriented. They get confused because of potentially the fear of not getting certain things done so they're in a rush they misplace their keys so fear can impact memory without a doubt not because the study says it because we have experienced it without a doubt i've been afraid of something 
and uh, it's not good. Obviously, fear impacts brain processing and reactivity. It impacts mental health. Uh, so all of these things, this particular study said fear can interrupt processes in our brain that allows us to regulate emotions. Sometimes we run from things yes. instead of facing it. I call it, we got to face our fear. If not, your fear will cause you to go down and cause you to be in a bad mental state. Are there any other physical or natural things that fear can impact? Well, absolutely. Uh, one thing uh, fear can impact is our goals. You may think, like I said, we talked about earlier, you okay. may think that you are being safe. And what you really are is you're afraid. And now you have, I, I, I tell my daughter, I said, you know, sometimes fear, unhealthy fear looks like excuses and missed opportunities. And we think, well, we, sometimes we think we made a good. Say that one more time. Unhealthy. Unhealthy fears look like excuses and missed opportunities. Okay. So you may think, oh, well, I can't do this because of this, X, Y, Z. And it's really because you were afraid. Right. And, or you may pass up an opportunity to do something and you may, it may sound good to you in your mind. Like, okay, well, I passed that up because of X, Y, Z or this and that. And, but it was really is because you were afraid. And like I said, Five, ten years down the road, you look back and you're like, oh, wow, that, mm -hmm. that was my chance and, and that was my opportunity or that was an opportunity to to impact something or to, to get ahead at mm -hmm. work or whatever it right. is. And you don't get that time back, ladies and gentlemen. And you can move forward and make better decisions. But when, when we start talking about, you know, fear impacting our decisions and our life, the, the, what what it what we've allowed fear to control and take away from us five, ten years ago, we can't get back. But, but once you come to the realization, that's power because now you can move forward and realize, okay, you know what? The last time this happened, I, I didn't do it because I was afraid. And these are the reasons why I'm afraid. So this time I'm in a different place. I'm going to lay it out and I'm going to really think about, you know, this decision that I have to make. And I'm not going to allow fear to have an impact on me this time. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I truly believe that. And I'm glad you shared that, you know, the value you gave then. And I think it's important for us to understand uh, how we need to look at fear because fear is real. Fear can be tangible. Fear can paralyze. Fear can hinder. In order to mitigate fear, people have to watch what they're watching. Yes. They have to be careful in what they're exposing themselves to. They have to be careful of who they are around because you can hang around certain things or see certain things or be around certain people and you have no fear at that moment, but all of a sudden you're afraid because they're talking fear. Yes. Their conversation is about fear, even in our today, this fluid environment that we're in. People are so afraid. So can fear be caught from somebody else or almost like a, a contagious, but still? Should we watch what we're watching and who we're around and who we conversate with? Absolutely. Fear, okay. fear <laughs> is contagious. Okay. Um, and if you think, okay. of, if you think about it, okay. we, we learn fear. You know, when we're kids, I heard someone say, think about it. When you, um, if you watch a toddler go into like, let's say you tell that toddler there's, there's candy in that room and the lights are off. They're going to go in there. Yes, they, they are. They want the candy. They want the candy. It's yeah. only until some, uh, an adult says, don't go in there. You know, it's dark and damp. Right. Don't go in there. Turn the lights on. We, we teach our kids how to fear. It's like, and then, you know what? We use it as a weapon. We're like, go to bed or this going to happen. Right. Don't get out of the bed because there's monsters under there. You know? Right. 
Um, so we, you know, kids are fearless until we, I say we, cause we're the adults. Right. We go, we start planting these little seeds of fear. Then they go to school and they get more seeds planted by their friends and their friends tell them a scary story that they heard at camp or this, they, they get to a part of the lesson in school where there's a scary character in the book or whatever, or a movie or television. And that's when they start to learn to be afraid of, um, the boogeyman and the dark and, yes. and spiders. Yes, you know, and spiders. That's when we, and we when we get older as adults. It, it you know, we're, we're no longer afraid of the boogeyman. We become more afraid of, like we talked about, we become afraid of succeeding. Yes, we become afraid of being intelligent, and because yes. people are gonna think I'm uh, think whatever of me if I answer too many questions in class. Exactly. If I, if I actually turn in my homework, you know, teenagers that that's a thing. They they you know they get picked on. For doing the work. For doing the work. For doing they get the picked work. on. Yes. It's crazy. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Fear is contagious. And, and it, I think fear is a learned behavior. Yes. It definitely is. It is. So, I think we need to face our fears. This study actually says if you face your fear, you can regulate your emotions, decrease risk of cardiovascular damage, lead to clearer thinking, reduce stress. I have this saying, whatever you don't confront, you cannot conquer. Mm. So we all need to confront any negativism, any emotionally draining experiences. We must confront them. You just cannot sweep this under the rug. You just can't go to sleep one night, wake up the next day and say it is all better because life is what life is, life brings a lot of issues. And like we said earlier, from childhood to adulthood, if you don't confront it, it's probably it's gonna conquer you. So we just cannot stand still and not face our fears head on. Fear, to me, it, it can, fear is a cancer, okay? And okay. I, I don't use that word lightly. I've no. had family members who've suffered with cancer, but it is because if you, if you, if it's in your life, and it's just sitting there dormant for years and years. And you think that when you, you know, it's going to, you're going to have to deal with it at some point. What you don't realize is it's not going to be that same baby fear you had 10 years ago. It's a full grown monstrosity <laughs> and you are going to have to deal with it now. But see, here's the thing. The fear has grown. Mm -hmm. The fear has grown, but you have not because you've been letting the fear hold you back. So now when you confront it, the, the fear is 10 years old and 10 times bigger, but you're still 15. You're still 18, 19, That's right. 20. Mm -hmm. So when you, and you have to do it when you're ready. Absolutely. We recognize that. But you have to deal with that, with that fear because it will come back and it will, it will hit you in ways and it will show up in your life in ways that you would not imagine. And you may not be prepared to deal with it. It will knock you flat on your back. Yes. So true. Now, people have fear personally. They have fear relationally. They have fears in their workplace. They have fears in their finances. They don't think they can ever get ahead. They don't think they can ever pay this off. So they just kind of go backwards instead of forward. They have fears when it comes to their health. You know, they just, somebody else sick, they're going to get sick. Uh, so people are afraid of things and then they kind of isolate themselves. And that's the worst thing someone can do really for a long period of time. Then depression comes in then uh, all of those other bad feelings comes in because of just people being afraid to face things. So we're on the bandwagon today to help people to understand the importance of 
fear as it impacts the spirituality, but also the naturally and from a physical and a tangible way. So now I want to talk about spirituality, yes. how spirituality can impact fear and help us to be more mentally strong. Yes. Give me your thoughts on that. Well, I'm going to say it. I know a lot of a lot of Christians don't like to hear it. Okay. But it is the truth. Fear is 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 a, is a lack of faith. I know we don't like to be told <laughs> that we don't have faith because Come on now, you can't tell people they don't no, have faith. Because we're super Christians and <laughs> we, we are. My faith is at 100% 20, you know, 365. Okay. 24/7. No. That <laughs> I wish it was. Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> but it's not. Let's be honest. And we have to recognize you know, when we are afraid, it's it's fear and faith can't reside in the same place. So when right. you're afraid, there's no faith there. You just replaced it. They swap, you know, you can't have both. Um, but you have to recognize this. Don't think that you can't, that your faith can't wait because it can. And once you recognize that, then you can go in and start to do the work. You can implement, you can start building your faith back up. Yes, I totally agree. 100%. So based on what you just said, you brought a thought to my mind, do you think both of them makes you believe in something? You have to believe in something when you have faith. You have to believe in something when you have fear because fear comes from other things like what we talked about, but faith comes from your belief as well. So when you have fear, are you believing something that's there or not there? Just like faith, faith, you know, when we say people don't have faith, and if they have fear, that means their faith is not where it needs to be or there's some other issues. So give me the comparison, your thoughts between the two as far as believing fear or faith. Do both of them require belief? Yeah. You okay. know what? They do. They both require belief. And I actually never thought about it like that. Yep. But yeah. But when you are in fear of something, you're believing in that thing. Yes. And when we have faith... We're believing in that thing. So, yeah, they both require a, a certain level of belief. I just think, yeah, like, it, it depends. Like I said, I think what the difference comes in is how it's affecting your life. So, is it a positive effect or is it a negative effect? Right. And I think that's when you'll know. You, okay, so you have this belief. Mm -hmm. And you might think it's fear or faith of one or the other. And, you okay, so what is it doing? How am I reacting to it? Because that's going to help you determine if you're just being afraid or if you're you're, believe, you're acting out of faith. Right. Without a doubt, because I do believe that faith overcomes fear. Yes. When you have faith in God, uh, when you have faith. So this is a podcast about spiritual solutions to real problems. So we do have a real problem when it comes to fear and mental health, how people react versus respond to fear uh, mentally, how they are thinking. So I have several scriptures I'm going to uh, speak on. I know you have a couple as well. One scripture in Psalms 56, verse 3, it says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. I like that one, actually. So that lets me know and everyone know that there are times we're going to feel fear or we possibly could be afraid of a certain outcome based on, again, how we were brought up and what we are. Just like I think you mentioned a while ago, some people haven't dealt with it for 10 years. So that fear monster has grown or whatever it yes. term you use. So that's important. But one of my main scriptures is, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, 
but yeah. power, love, and a sound mind. Yes. That's in Second Timothy. So that lets me know when we talked about the difference between believing, fear, and faith, uh, that lets me know that fear did not come from God. Nope. So if it didn't come from our creator, it came from somewhere. Exactly. And that's what we were talking about earlier. You got to find that you're like, okay, well, God didn't give me this. Right. Where did it, in the world did I get it from? Exactly. You got to sit down. You got to figure out where you got it from so you can return to cinder. So you can get rid of it. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> you gotta return to cinder. Is that a song? Return? No. That. Okay. A, no. Return to cinder. That's yes, like, you know at the post office. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, we get the mail at the post office. Yeah. Turn the center. Yes, but yeah, you, you gotta you gotta <clears throat> figure that figure out the root of it. I and, agree. And, and you know God didn't give it to you, so That's you're like, okay, so when did I become? When did when did this happen? Who planted that seed? Correct, correct, correct. So here's another scripture: Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And another passage in Psalm, I sought the Lord, he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Here's one more. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I think we need to get to the point where fear is a choice. We have a choice to fear or not because it can bring a feeling and feelings are fickle. Yes. We don't always have to trust how we feel. Absolutely. So I like this particular passage, scripture in Psalms 118, verse 6. It says, I will not fear. That means I choose not to you fear. choose not to fear, exactly. That's important. I, I really, and then that's when faith can come in and we can walk in faith instead of fear. And I think that's important. Exactly. For us to know. It's definitely a choice. And you. it's almost like I was, I was listening to the scriptures as you were reading them. Right. And they all pretty much, you know, the Bible says we're going to be afraid. And then there's a command to not be. Right. But you have to, that, that there's a space in between the, the, the knowing that the fear is coming and being commanded not to fear. There's that little gap in there, that comma. Right. That's the way you choose if you're going to follow the command of not being afraid. Yes. And it's, it's a choice. Yes. It's a choice. It is a choice. It may not always be an easy choice. No. It may not always be a choice you want to choose or a thought you want to make that choice because it's some people are so used to being afraid to they just settle. You know, we're spiritual people, and that's what we're talking about in the latter part of this podcast, helping us to understand the power of spirituality as it comes to fear and mental health. I know God's plan is for us to be mentally healthy. Not mental illness. Right. Is is there a difference between mental health? Give me your thoughts on mental health versus mental illness. Well, I think mental health is like general, like everyday, um, like uncluttered, unfettered, healthy thinking, positive okay. thinking. Yes. Um, you wake up in the, in the morning, you're not stressed easily. You kind of have you. you everything's kind of like smooth sailing. You know what you have to do. There's no rush. There's no panic. Mm -hmm. And I think mental illness is like a, a diagnosis of, of some sort. Like you have um, some type of attention deficit disorder or depression, bipolar, okay. something like that. So I think mental health is like a general, just like your physical health. Like I'm healthy. My blood, my blood sugar is normal. My blood pressure is normal. That That's what I think about when I hear mental health, like just a general overall well-being. And uh, mental illness is more like, well, I, I suffer, I'm anemic or I, I have high blood pressure or something like that. So, yeah. 
So I think mental illness is the actual diagnosis of a condition, and mental health is just your general overall well-being. Okay, okay. Uh, awesome, awesome in what you just uh, said, the value that you've given, I think is important for us to have that understanding. And I know God's plan is for us to be mentally healthy, Yes. to have mental health. Mental illness is not a place we want to stay at. And that doesn't mean if a person is mentally ill right now, that, that, we, that they will be that way forever. And I think what people do, they get stuck in mental illness or the stigma. And we talked about stigmas. What are some of the stigmas you think of that mental perception or how people are perceived when we even talk about the topic of mental health? Uh, One of the stigmas is one is that that person is weak. Weak. And and the thing about it is that word weak is just it's subjective. I mean, everybody has moments of weakness. Yes. Right. Okay, but to call somebody weak, that's not. That's not fair because we're all weak at some point about some things. And to be honest with you, it's okay to be weak. You can't be strong all the time. That's yeah. unhealthy too. You know, we're not Superman and Superwoman. We're humans. And our bodies weren't. Like I said, our bodies are not built that way. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you, can't, you can't live a healthy, normal life that way. Uh, another stigma is that something's wrong with you. Like you're the C word. You're crazy. That right. person's right. crazy. Right. And it, it, it is, it's very discouraging to hear that when you know like something's not right. I need help. And I need help so my fam- I can have a better life and my family can be better. But then you 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 tell I had a friend once. This was a long time ago. Um, when I first started seeking counseling, I was I was telling her about it because I was actually excited. I'm like, yay! I'm gonna get some help. And she said, and I know she meant well, but she was just talking and she said, well, I, I don't understand that. Why I, why you just can't get over it? Right. And I'm thinking, <laughs> did she just say that to someone who's this a friend? Right. This is my friend. Okay. still my friend. I just couldn't believe she okay. said that. But people think that way. They're like. You're, you're trying to better. That's just like going to take a college. I'm trying to better myself. I'm trying to live a healthy, normal life. And you told me that you don't understand why I just can't get over something. Mm. That, that's that's just not <laughs> that's not the right answer, folks. So if you have someone brave enough to confide to you about their them seeking counseling, some do not tell them that. But a lot of people think that way. Some people are very resilient, and 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 they can bounce back from things. Right. Or so or so they think they can. I told you, fear likes to hide and just pop up on you. Trauma likes to hide and pop up on you. Fear likes to hide and pop up on you. And trauma likes to hide. I like that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, don't don't let anybody discourage you and, and, and from getting the help that you know you need. And getting the help sometimes you don't know you need. Right. Like I said, I went right. in there thinking, hey, I'm just stressed. They're going to teach me how to breathe. Right. And <laughs> I'm going to be all right. We got in there and what? Twelve years later, I'm still, I'm still going strong, and I'm not gonna stop. I'll probably be. It's just important, I'll, you know. I'll probably always be in counseling because everybody needs it for different reasons. It's not always the same thing, right? You know, you get counseling for your finances. That's you right. You get counseling before you get married. Yes. You get mentorship and counseling at a job. So why not get it for yourself? Why not get it for your for your mind? Yes, a mind needs help. Because there's a battle in our mind. So actually reminded me of one scripture that says there's safety in the multitude of counsel. So counseling is biblical. It is important because everything. Now, here's my little thing before we close. We've got about five more minutes, actually or less than that, is that we'll say, well, I'm going to say Christians, maybe Christians, people may say, just pray about it. Ooh. 
That's that line. <laughs> <laughs> no, just no, they, they say just pray yeah. about it and it'll go away. Yes. Oh uh, no, prayer will remove the mental issues that you're having or mental illness that you're having. Prayer will remove your past experiences and prayer will remove all of those things. Just pray about it. Well, I understand the good intention by it, yes. but we need to do more than just pray about it. Yeah, we got to pray about yeah, it. You should pray. But... So when people say just pray about it and and put a period behind and, and Ooh, don't even want to just... hear nothing else, pray about it. That is how they say it. Just pray about it. Yeah. You okay. know what? That's just... <laughs> When I hear that, I just, I just give them this look. Y'all can't see my face, but I give them this look. And I think you guys know what look I'm talking about. Because um, some people say it as a to, a way to kind of blow, not blow you off. They really don't have a, any help to offer you. So they say, oh, just pray about it. And, they, and that's it. And they're right. You should pray. But don't stop there. Because God makes provision for us. God has allowed these men and women to go out. And get these degrees and these counseling certificates and get all this education, these skills to help you, right? And if you're out there and if you're paying uh, pre monthly premium health insurance, you, you are paying for these services, so get them. They are at your disposal. And some people that don't have um, health insurance, I just want to say there are so many free resources out there. Mm -hmm. There's so much information out there that's available at your fingertips that it is free. Uh, I encourage you to go out there and get online and just find something that you can do. You can even get free counseling services um, online. You don't have to leave your house. You can do it over the phone. If you don't want anyone to know about it, you can go sit in your car during lunch break and, and get some help. There's so many. I can't even begin to, to, to identify how many resources there are out there and, and available to you. So while you are praying, you need to, you know, Take part in the provisions that God has made for you and, and seek those resources. Get that help. I'm just going to say amen. <laughs> I think that's a good um, thought, good information, good advice to someone that really needs help. And it is applicable to everybody because we're on different paths. We come from different places, but we are all human. And we've all have experienced some type of adversity, some type of setback, some type of issues that we still need to deal with spiritually and practically as well by getting the help that we need. So we only have a couple of minutes left. It seems like you almost just summarized it there. So, but uh, Shante, do you have anything else for our audience to know as it relates to mental health, fear, spirituality, and naturally and how that affects us. So can you just give us your last thoughts on that before we close? Yes. My last thoughts are, yeah, the Bible says that Jesus came that we may have life abundantly mm -hmm. and you cannot have an abundant life when your mind is cluttered and broken, when your spirit is broken. We serve God with our minds. So I would encourage everyone to seek help um, for mental health counseling. If you feel you need it, um, if you're dealing with trauma or fear Please seek help because, like I said, we serve God with our minds and you can't live an abundant life when you're living in fear. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm glad you showed up. I'm glad you Thank came you to be with me today on this particular podcast. You gave a lot of value and I do appreciate it. She's also event coordinator, Shante, uh, at our local church as well. And I know she's well connected to the community. So if there's any resources, wherever you are in the world, I don't care where you are, there are resources somewhere 
that you can get help mentally as you're facing fear and uh, understanding your spirituality, understanding how these things naturally can impact your life. Please follow, like this podcast, leave a comment, get in touch with me through email. I always put the email in the description so I can let Shante know and or uh, let me know and then we'll find a solution, another type of solution that will help you to have a better stance from a mental health standpoint. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. You can say something. Say bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Thinking Into Success. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, click the like and follow button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. I look forward to you being with us on the next episode. Yeah.